Breakfast. It is The Wave, WHAV 97.9 FM, and uh, we have on the line with us State Representative Lenny Mira. And uh, Lenny, good morning to you. Good morning, Damon. Thank you for having me on. Oh, it's my pleasure to have you. And uh, it's always uh, interesting to, to see what's going on. The, um, I, just, uh, I know a couple of things in, in your district, the 2nd Essex District, which includes a, a portion of Haverhill. They have the, uh, the town yeah. elections that uh, were happening in, in uh, Groveland, and they have a town meeting coming up Monday night. And these are all things that you have to be at, don't you? Yes, I do. I went to the uh, Georgetown town meeting um, on Monday night, and we got a quorum. We were worried about that, but... Uh we got uh, way more than enough people to fulfill a quorum. You know, there was social distancing. They spread us out, and uh, it went very well. We were in and out in less than an hour, which I've never seen before to tell me. <laughs> well, that's a good thing. <laughs> Maybe that's that's the new normal, hopefully, for town yeah. meetings. Yeah. Well, uh, right. So. Yeah, talking about um, you know, talking about things government wise. Uh, you know, a lot of talk about the. Uh, the uh, phased-in uh, reopenings for businesses throughout the state, and, yeah. and what's your take on that? How, how are things going? Yeah, um, elected officials, state reps, and senators are getting a lot of calls to speed up the reopenings, especially in this area. You know, keep in mind this is a border district. We border New Hampshire, and they started their reopenings uh, a bit before we did. And so, the, the small business owners, especially in this area, uh, were looking for us to speed that up. So. The good news is uh, we did finally allow the openings of uh, restaurants for outdoor dining, and uh, that's a big help. And uh, it's proven pretty popular. Um, we have to make reservations a day in advance uh, in order to get in because there's limited seating and a, a huge demand for that. But, you know, we're also glad that things like, you know, hair salons, barbershops, dog women, those things are starting to open up as well. And, um, you know, the, the governor... Um, is in control of this. These are executive orders. These are not things that the legislature is voting on. Uh, the governor is pretty much determining this by executive order. And, you know, he's in a tough spot when um, there's a group of us that signed letters urging more reopenings and for them to happen sooner. Uh, but there's another group saying just the opposite, you know, sending him letters saying, no, we need to shut down more businesses and uh, stay in lockdown even longer. So the governor's in a tough position, and we're working with him every day, um, you know, trying to come up to the, with, the, with the best solution. And um, it's not a one-size-fits-all. I think we kind of still have to pick certain industries. I think we can open up uh, restaurants and retails, but at the same time, you know, I don't think we can open up Fenway Park to 30,000 fans. You know, there's a difference there. Yeah, it's uh, it's interesting to see how, how things uh, are moving along. I noticed, you know, you, you mentioned Fenway Park and, and 30,000 fans there. And and, yeah. uh, and I think about, uh, you know, some of the protests that have been happening, the the Black Lives Matter uh, uh, marches and things like that. And, and those and I saw the one that was in downtown Newburyport um, two weeks ago, I think it was. And those uh, the, the, you know, the, they weren't practicing social distancing, but uh, no. but they were still there. And uh, and yeah. as far as I know, nobody's uh, nobody's picked up the virus that way. Well, that remains to be seen. I think it can be um, it can show up as much as 14 days later. Um, but yeah, there's been a lot of protests. I mean, in my district, uh, I attended a, a whole bunch in Groveland, Georgetown, um, Haverhill, and um, the good news is that every one of them was uh, was a peaceful protest, and and for the most part, positive as well. Uh, and that's what we like to see. But but you're right, there was no social distancing. I mean, just about everyone wore a mask, which is good. And 
you know, it's outside and in the sunshine, which I guess um, is helpful as well. Uh, that helps suppress the passing of the virus. Um, but, yeah, there was little to no social distancing uh, at the protest. But people pretty much obeyed themselves. Um, you know, not a lot of handshaking or hugging because, um, you know, it's just out of safety concerns. But they were um, peaceful and positive. And, you know, it's it, it's unfortunate that it took a bunch of really awful events to make us finally have this conversation win. Uh, but on the other hand, I'm glad we're having it. You know, this is like an opportunity for us to really – um, make some progress on issues of things like racism and, um, you know, also um, police training and police education. Uh, it's an excellent opportunity to fix that finally. And it's been a long time coming. It's something that will benefit us all. Yeah, you, you don't think about it if you're not exposed to it. Um, it's not uh, something that would even cross your mind. But, you know, when the conversation has uh, taken place and it's made me think about you know what would it be like to to always be afraid and 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 it's not yeah. a not a good situation it is not and you know we had a listening forum last week in Haverhill just Haverhill uh every elected official was there the mayor the chief of police every state rep and senator and um we listened and person after person came in uh with an incident of what you just described and you know they're followed in their cars by police officers and you know, they felt they were treated unfairly by them, and it was a lot of examples. You know, it wasn't just one or two anecdotes. It was a lot. And, you know, my reaction is that we have, to, we as a society have to do a better job of training and educating our police officers. And um, the good news on that is that we have a bunch of bills that are going to do exactly that. And I, I think uh, many of them are going to pass. And uh, what we found is that um, the police officers that get training in college um, because our, you know, State colleges like Northern Essex Community College, that's probably the biggest police academy in the state right now. They graduate hundreds of students. So does North Shore Community College. And the officers that go through that kind of training uh, are far better prepared to be police officers. They have better communication skills, uh, better understandings of civil rights. They get fewer disciplinary actions. And here's the thing, Damon, they're, they're far less likely to use deadly force. So we have a bill to increase and improve uh, police training and education. And uh, it, it's a crucial time anyways because we have a shortage of police officers. I don't know if the listeners know that, but every city in town is facing a crucial shortage because young people are just not going into that field. And um, at this time, with so many people out of work, I think it's a great career path for a lot of people. And um, but the last thing I'll say on that is that um, what we're seeing is that we're seeing an increase of people of color finally going into that. So if the few people that are going into law enforcement – uh, the good news is a lot of them are people of color, and that would help. That would help a lot um, with regards to our communities because um, if the police officers look like the people in the community, I think it benefits us all. So we're going to be pushing that and uh, hopefully improving, you know, the opportunities for, for young people in a very good field. Yeah, it's a, that is a, a tough field. You know, I, uh, unfortunately, the, the TV show is not on anymore, but uh, I used to watch live PD and, and – uh, and I'll tell you, I, I would not. Uh, it's nothing that uh, I would not want to do. Uh, uh, make those traffic stops and and uh, and to try to break up a disturbance and things like that. You know, the the whole thing, I guess, is to uh, is to uh, uh, have a peaceful uh, uh, peaceful uh, outlook on on how things. Not uh, not look for lawbreakers, but to just try to bring the peace to the uh, situation. That's exactly right. And we think with better training and better education, we can achieve exactly that. 
But you're right, Wayne. That's that's what we have to uh, look for. Um, and it's, it, it is a tough job, like you said. People are just not going into that job um, or that career anymore like they used to. And um, it, it's going to you know impact us all. It's a very important role. And uh, we're going to have to change the way we look at it in the future. And, and perhaps, um, you know, a different kind of person can respond to uh, a domestic um, issue as opposed to the kind of person that goes to, you know, a bank robbery or something like that. Uh, that's a different uh, situation. It calls for different expertise. Um, but I'm confident. I, I think we're going to get there. Uh, Massachusetts does a pretty good job anyways, I think, uh, with our police. Um, but there's always room for improvement. And uh, I truly believe it is going to improve. All right. Well, we're talking with State Representative Lenny Miram. And, uh, Lenny, what's the uh, week ahead look like for you? Oh, a lot of Zoom meetings. <laughs> we got a lot of those coming up. Um, we we're talking to a lot of environmental groups about um, legislation that they want to pass. You know, the problem is um, we haven't been having too many sessions. We just haven't been meeting. Not a lot of committee hearings uh, because of the pandemic. We stopped. They encourage us to not go into the state house. Uh, so we conduct a lot of these things remotely. Uh, when we have formal session where we actually vote on a bill, we do it from our remotely. We do it from a call-in um, location from our homes or offices. And, you know, it slows things down. It's a lot more difficult to do things that way. Uh, but we've got those coming up. At some point, we're going to have to talk about a budget. We really haven't um, because we don't know how how much revenues are going to go down. Uh, we've heard estimates of $4 billion, some estimates as high as $6 billion, so there's going to be a precipitous decline in the amount of tax revenue coming in. You know, when people aren't working, they're not paying income taxes. And that's our biggest source of revenue. But we're also not getting things like, you know, meals taxes, hotel taxes, um, you know, registry fees. Those things are all plummeted. And so um, we got that going on. And at the same time, cities and towns are facing a shortage in revenue as well. So it's going to be a difficult time ahead. Um, but it's a job that we have to do. We have to have a budget at some point. Yeah. Now, are you? Uh, I, I think the the individual communities they have a deadline of July first. Do you have one too at the state level? Yeah, we do, but we're not going to make it for July first. So I think what we're going to do is encourage cities and towns to go to a one twelfth budget to get through the next month or so, um, and we'll go for there because we don't have a we don't have a clue yet on what local aid is going to look like, um, and it you know puts our cities and towns in a difficult situation because. You know, they're counting on Chapter 70 money. That's the money state gives the cities and towns for schools. Um, but the other big number is Chapter 90. That's the money the state gives the cities and towns for road repairs. And, um, you know, we don't know where those are going to end up at. And um, the state, at the same time, is waiting for the feds to get back to us on how much aid we can get from uh, from them. So it's all up in the air right now. Uh, you know, it's a very difficult time. Uh, but we will be beating soon, hopefully. All right. Well, you've got meetings to get to this morning. I'm going to let you get going to those things. How's that? Well, always happy to be on the air, Wayne. Appreciate you having me on. Oh, you bet. Nice to have you as well, and uh, we'll check back with you a little bit later on. State Representative Lenny Mira, our guest this morning here on The Wave, 97.9 WHAV-FM. Wake up with Wayne Damon weekdays from 6 to 9 a.m. on 97.9 FM WHAV. 